This podcast is part of the Craftology Radio Network. Visit craftologyradio.com to learn more. We'll go ahead and do our three, two, one clap and just three, two, one. Clap. Uh, Somebody was late as fuck. Why don't we just clap on one? Like phone, because, USB. Because there's, there's, I, I get really confused in there. <clears throat> okay. So, <laughs> we'll let's everybody. Three, two, clap. Okay, three, two. All right, so at, the one is at the one. clap. The one is the clap. One is the clap. <laughs> okay. All right, three, two. What oh, fuck. I, I, I got confused there. <laughs> all right. All right, I'll get it. Three, right. two. Jesus. Okay. I think we're good. Are we good? I it's know. Close. It's I, close I don't know if we're good, but uh, so it, it's fine. There's enough information at this point that I can line it up. Okay. All right. We can always put these in for the clips that lead into the segment. So. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Brews Podcast. I am joined by ama- my amazing co-hosts and uh, esteemed guests, as I always like to say. Uh, right. Ben, how are you this evening, my friend, in that Lakers jersey that you're wearing? <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? Uh, I am doing fantastic. That is awesome. Right. I, you're very welcome, sir. And Corey, what about yourself? Well, as esteemed as always, I suppose, but really esteemed this evening because I'm looking forward to diving into draft analysis. That is absolutely correct, ladies and gentlemen. That is why we are here today because we are going to be giving, uh, we are beginning our, uh, what, lead up to the draft coverage. You know, over the next couple of weeks, we want to be bringing you awesome, amazing content with uh, both Ben and Corey's amazing insight into who they feel is going to be uh, top of the draft board for as many possible positions as they possibly can because they are the people that lead the way on this podcast. I myself, I am here to help navigate, narrate, and go backwards and forth with questions and all these little ins, in, uh, inside out type deals where, uh, you know, I, I'm not as, and I, I don't mind saying this to everybody out there because that's what this is. Po- that's what this podcast is for as well. Anybody that is new and coming into what is the uh, lead up to the draft, you know, that's what we want to bring you this knowledge for is so that you can maybe follow some of the players that have been playing in college all these years that you had no idea about because maybe you're just focused on the NFL, like myself. So that's why we're here. Uh, but before we get into any of that, guys, want to bring back a segment from the uh, Craft Brews and Fantasy, New- or excuse me, Craft Brews and Geek News podcast, which is under the umbrella for the Craftology Radio Network, and do a little segment that we like to call, What Are You Drinking and What Do You Want to Drink? Uh, so Ben, wait, should we go Corey first? Because Ben's is really good. Uh, yeah, save the best for last because I don't know right. what he's drinking. All right, so we'll go with Corey first. Corey, what are you drinking on tonight while we do this podcast? Uh, Tidal Brewing Turbid Waters, uh, which is a very good local uh, New England IPA that I enjoy. Right, brewery is right down the street from me. And you're up so. in Spring Hill, right? Yep, Spring Hill, Florida. Very nice, very nice. Well, then I'll go ahead and share. I uh, I brought the uh, our unofficial sponsor. Okay, not official. That's our unofficial. Sierra Nevada, the big little IPA, or the big thing IPA. It was BOGO at Publix today, so I had to buy it. And uh, this is an Imperial IPA, which I didn't realize it's 9%. Ooh. So, ladies and gentlemen, at Publix, I got a $5 six-pack of some 9% 
IPA. So I will be sipping that slowly throughout the podcast so that I'm still coherent by the end. But Ben, we gave the ladies and gentlemen out there a little bit of a taste of something Ooh. that you brought. And I gotta, I gotta say, man, it's your time to shine. What do you got? Should I, should uh, I guess? You can guess. Well, let's give Corey a chance to guess. Give me two guesses. Uh, what would Ben drink? Wine out of a can is my first guess. Mm. Am I am I am I warm? No. Mm. Very no. Luke. Very very okay. cold. Very cold. Cold okay. cold water. Oh uh, boy. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, an ice house. <laughs> Man. Me and him used to drink ice house in, in Arizona whenever we the craft beer wasn't a thing. Well, it's because we were broke and we were just trying to get hammered. That's indeed correct. <clears throat> I, Corey and Ryan, am drinking a delicious, robust porter. Um, being as I'm up near the Michigan border, I am drinking Bell's Porter from Comstock, Michigan. <laughs> Is it so- creamy? It is creamy and delicious. <laughs> so smooth. It's so smooth. So, so I smooth. see some on your lips. Actually, I'm, I'm. It's a little fizzy. Really starting to question my my life choices. <laughs> he said he walked into the store and was like, "Which one am I supposed to choose?" Oh, this one. Well, I I enjoy where this one's brewed <laughs> he, from. He's, he's yeah. even turned his camera off. He's like, I don't want anybody <laughs> to watch me drinking this beer. I was expecting a, a shirt change. that'll be later in the show all right guys let's dive into it great little introduction of the beers ben thanks for sharing yours um (laughs) so that being said guys some news around the league uh you know some of the biggest news i think and maybe some of us anticipated it i'm not sure but what became a free agent not a few weeks ago or asked for a trade either way and uh he's now with the Arizona Cardinals what do we think about that how's that impact that team doesn't hurt um I thought he was going to go to more of a contender than them and Arizona is not bad uh but when I looked at the contract uh yeah it makes sense Um, it was all about the money yeah I mean it it was I, and, it, and it, I don't it, blame the guy, but, but you know, I want no, to go to a I mean, contender. Here's my 14. Like, no, it, it, Arizona is not going to the Super Bowl. I understand no, you have a connection with DeAndre Hopkins and, but, you know, it's a good place to live, but that was about the money, pure and simple. Yeah, and a playoff team possibly is maybe all he, you know, maybe he just wanted to be relevant. A team that could be in the playoffs was good enough for him, but that team will not be winning the Super Bowl next year. So, um, yeah. So hey, it, it, it is what it is. I was expecting him to go to Buffalo, to Cleveland, which I think are more of a Super Bowl contender than than Arizona. And we talked about that, I believe, at some point, or maybe that was in in, in passing. But I, I agree with that. Um, you know, maybe he had a, a decision to make. Uh, I could make all the money, or I could win a Super Bowl. Who knows? But. My thing is, if the guy 100% only cared about winning a Super Bowl, he would have played for Kansas City or Buffalo on on a cheaper deal. I'm not saying for free, but he would have he, he would have gone to a team like that if he really wanted to win that bad. Oh, Green Bay. 
<laughs> he tried Green so Bay. hard. He tried so Green hard. To, you didn't even make it seven minutes into the podcast before mentioning Green Bay. I, I didn't say anything. Tell us, tell us how you really feel, Ben. Let it out. Let this is now your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your, your opportunity. opportunity. You got one shot. Let's go. Okay. As far as Q-M-M. going to, as far as going to a contender, I thought Green Bay made a lot of sense. They desperately need defensive line sure. help. Sure. We were never going to be able to afford him, even if he was willing to take 8 to 10. Frankly, we don't have that. And if we had it, we're going to put it towards Lindsley. Um, I, I really think we attack defensive line in the first three rounds. There's a lot of good players there. But, JJ, don't fucking tease us like that, okay? <laughs> you know, oh, I want to go home. No, you never wanted to go home. Okay, you, <laughs> you you said that to see if we would we would penny up, but uh, well, you should have seen uh, the Facebook groups uh, of you know the Steeler Facebook groups that 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 I'm a part of. I mean, just nonstop day after day, and it's like great. It would be great, you know, for for a rotational guy. I mean, we have our starters, but um, and I I love them. We already you know we talked about this in the last episode, but it's like, does anybody have a concept of salary cap? Anybody? You know, I mean, I know. it is the internet. So you know what? You know what I? You know what I get a kick out of? What? Like, okay, JJ Watts, thirty-two. We all know how good he is. We talked about his leadership and what he brings to a team, but he's not worth that much money. It reminded me of Favre when he was flying from New York and to Minnesota. Oh, he got paid. Um, I look. JJ Watt is a good leader, and Cardinals had the money to pay him. They did it. Um, he's not worth that much money, not at this age. So. For him to get it, good for him. Um, but do not come at me with this was the best option for me, okay? Because you know Kyler Murray needs to stay healthy, and that who's gonna who's gonna play cornerback for him? That's my question. But you know we'll see how it goes. He's a hell of a player. I'll always respect him as a player. But but that decision was a little, you know, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Questionable. It's like. Yeah, I mean, just you had you could have went to Buffalo, Cleveland. I mean, let's just say Pittsburgh and Green Bay. Let's those four teams. Those four teams are contenders. I know you guys can say what you want about the Steelers, but at the end of the day, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh doesn't. They're have always going to the be a contender. Space. So I, uh, I knew it was never going to happen. Um, but I, I think money was one. I think probably Arizona just itself living there was probably two, or having a place there. Yeah, I mean, and then three, three awesome. was that's what I would have chose. But. Yeah, and then three was probably, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, we could make we could make playoffs. So you know, okay. Well, Ben, thanks for sharing your heartfelt feelings, and Corey, thank you for your input. Uh, <laughs> I think that was <laughs> a great, great little uh, segment there. What about uh, Russell Wilson? Where's nope. this whole thing going in uh, Seattle? You think okay. he's going to leave? Okay. I'm going right. to start this one. Corey, I'll, I'll give you your time. This is sounding more and more real. Okay. And it's very easy to be like, there's no way. Seattle is a train wreck right now. Um, with their, all their impending free agents, Carson's leaving. KJ Wright's leaving. Both of their corners are leaving. You gave up all your draft capital to get Jamal Adams. Now, I believe you still have Lockett under contract. We know they have DK. I think if you're the Seahawks, you seriously consider it. And if there's anyone crazy enough to do it, it's Carroll and Schneider. That's all I'm going to say. These are the same. They 
they make weird decisions. And I would not be shocked if Russell Wilson is a Las Vegas Raider. But the dead, the dead cap is pretty bad. So they would have to do it after July 1st, I believe, for it to not be as bad. So, I mean, Seattle would need to get an absolute king's ransom to consider it. But I think it's worth consideration given his age um, and his lack of consistency, honestly. I mean, we know who he is. He's great. But if I had to choose between Wilson and Watson, give me Watson, obviously, all day. He's 25 and, and there's still room to grow. I agree, but it's not. I wouldn't say all day because because Wilson's young enough, and his, his his simply put, his track record's better. But anyway, he's getting fat. <sighs> Have you noticed that he's getting really fat? I'm worried about him. It, it's probably diabetes. It's, he's married. No, it, he's happy. It it could be, <laughs> but in all seriousness, it could be um, it could be diabetes. Um, <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of fucked up. But, but. no. <laughs> but seriously, uh, he could be wearing the Peyton Manning rib rib guard and have diabetes. But <laughs> I I I I think it's totally I think it's totally fake. Um, not fake. I think his I think what he was doing is I don't think he wants traded. I think he's voicing a valid valid issue that he's been the number one sacked quarterback since he's been in the league, and he's very mobile. Those two things don't go together. So Seattle needs to fix it. Um, well, for one, he'd be more mobile if he dropped dropped about 15. I mean, let's, let's start there. He should Second, probably get insulin. Yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> I mean, that would help, you'd think, right? Um, but there was a report that he was actually in a meeting with Schneider and Carroll and stormed out like that was a legitimate report and that's after all this started now I would imagine it's because they're like Russ we love you you know we we're gonna do our thing but you're not gonna you're not gonna fuck with how we draft because you know how Carroll and Schneider are they're like draft junkies that's why they, they always try to get cute um I don't know I mean if I'm Seattle I draft five offensive linemen uh yeah, you know, and, and they're Duncan. they're gonna have their secondary outside of Jamal Adams is they'll have Quandre Diggs and Jamal Adams, so their safeties are good, but they're gonna have no corners whatsoever, and they still don't really have a pass rush. So I don't know. I think Seattle is with Russell Wilson and those weapons offensively, they'll still be minimum a five hundred team, but that Seattle team has a lot of work to do, and if if the guys upstairs are smart, they'll at least listen to offers. All right. Yeah. But anyway, and, and I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say it's not going to happen. That's that's my guess. And with that, we will bring you the news once we know what does happen or doesn't. So, guys, moving into the free agency frenzy, let's talk about some destination fits for the following players. I think uh, we'll start with Allen Robinson. What do we think? Probably the most. Underutilized, undervalued. What's the word, Corey? Allen Robinson is the most talented receiver. Never. I mean, there's been a lot of really good receivers who never had a quarterback. Like Allen Robinson is high up on that list. He had. He's with had a a half decent, when healthy, a pretty good career with awful quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah. Well, he Has reminds he? me. He reminds me of Andre Johnson. Like Andre yeah, Johnson's the first ballot yeah. Hall of Famer, and he. I mean, what Matt Schaub? Give me a break. Wow. Allen Robinson came out of Penn State, and I liked him. Out, out of the draft, I, I knew he was going to be a good receiver. 
Fitz, I don't honestly anywhere <laughs> anywhere I I don't know is he viewed as a number one still, you know, where teams like the Jets and Jacksonville that are probably going to be drafting new quarterbacks, Jacksonville for sure. Um they need they need wide receivers to go with their their, their new rookie quarterback. I mean, give them somebody, whether it's yeah. Allen Robinson so or you Juju. Think, you think Jackson or uh, Robinson goes back to Jacksonville? I think it's I it's definitely a possibility. I mean, if I'm Allen Robinson, yeah, I'm an unrestricted free agent, right? So I can pick. If I'm him, I go to an established quarterback. I'm telling you, I think a sleeper. I mean, think about a team like the Chargers. Um, a team where, yeah, it's a young, young quarterback, but you know what you're getting. You're like, I will get the ball. I will be productive. I think even with Trevor Lawrence and whoever is going to play quarterback for the Jets, I think there's a lot of risk there. What about what about Cincinnati? Kind of the same boat as Chargers. You know, A.J. Green's old. Um, well, I don't know what which, the cap room looks like. I mean, they do have... Rookie quarterback. they got to have enough. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so even if A.J. Green goes, they still have... Uh, help me out here. Tyler Boyd. They're, they got Tyler Boyd, but then also, what's his name from Clemson, ended up being a really good receiver. That's right. Um, they do have him. So, so yeah. if I'm the Bengals, I think they're more in the market for... Like a slot type receiver. Well, what about Buffalo too? I don't know. You know, mm. I, I mean, dude, dude, I, they need somebody to pair with. With uh, dude, that would be that'd be scary. I don't think they're scary. really in the receiver market, especially with how good Gabriel Davis was, and with uh, you know, uh, little uh, that little Texan, whatever his name was. That's the thing that I'm finding out. Cole Beasley is. I think you. I think you're right. I think it's. I mean, in my opinion, the ones that are blaring are rookie teams that are going to draft a, a good rookie quarterback. They need to give them somebody like Jacksonville and the Jets. Um, and then you got to throw the Chargers in there. In my opinion, without going down that rabbit hole, man, they got the quarterback. Fill that team now. You know what I mean? This is your window so, with a rookie quarterback contract. <clears throat> Get it done. So, so I'm going to do a segue for you, uh, Ryan. So, Corey, riddle me this. You're Buffalo with yeah. Cole Beasley, Gabe Davis, mm -hmm. uh, John Brown, and uh, uh, Stud, whoever. Dig uh, Diggs. Diggs. Would you rather go after Allen Robinson or would you rather go after Aaron Jones? Like, if you're going to spend the money and I'm Buffalo, I'm like, give me a running, running back. back. And talk about a skill set opposite <laughs> the guys they have. They I mean, Aaron Jones would be nice, a phenomenal fit. Nice segue, by the way, because yeah, you know, I mean, he is a I'm Packer, not, so, or was a Packer. He's also used to playing in the cold. I mean, I'm that not, would be a really good fit for Buffalo. I agree. I'm not going to disagree, but from my, from what he's done, I don't think he'll ever be elite. Uh, and from what I've heard, is they're very happy with uh, Singletary. Um, I wouldn't rule it out, though. I That's think bullshit. Jones would probably bullshit. add more value in outs outside of Jones um, or running back. Uh, who's our tight end? He's what Knox. Yeah, they got Knox and they got. Uh, He's all right, but they got they, Croft, right? Or no, is that but Cincinnati? Imagine they got a couple if, guys. Imagine if they got a top tier. Is there any tight ends? Top tier tight ends on the on the market? Actually, um, Higby um, Higby's on the market, which I think would be a. 
Or I'm Rudolph. Man, I am out Rudolph. of my. I am Rudolph. so off tonight, and I'm sorry. Not Higby, <laughs> Gerald Everett. Okay. Gerald Everett would be a good couple yeah. with Dawson Knox in Buffalo. Yeah. Well, and because real quick, he's a receiving weapon. T- yep. Tight end wise, uh, Jared Cook just got released today from the Saints, and I know he might not be considered elite, but he's got 41 touchdowns in, in his career. He had seven just last season and 500 yards receiving. So maybe that's because <laughs> uh, Corey, I posted that in uh, one of our chats. You know. Uh, text message earlier. Yeah, um, I, 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 I mean, the, he's the guys, he's only a he's not that he's not that old. He still has life in him, so he would be a good add. I mean, he's not gonna he's not elite. I'm just saying he's you're he's not out gonna there bring him now. You're not gonna bring him in to be your number one, but he has tremendous value in the passing game. Uh, so and he has a lot of experience. So I mean, I think it would make a lot of sense. He'll get picked up quickly. Um, there's no doubt about it, but but to go back to Jones though, I mean, yeah, I I wouldn't throw Buffalo out if they want to make a splash on offense. <laughs> I mean, tight end or running backs is is where they could do it. Um, right. And who else could be a Jones suitor? I I wish I could say Pittsburgh, but we don't have the cap room. I mean, bringing in a guy like bringing a guy like Jones, we don't still. I mean, we Jones is, we did we just have, uh, free up today with the restructuring of Ben's contract. I believe it. We freed up. Oh, I thought it said fifteen. Now we're now it did free up fifteen, but, but now we're, we're only, three below we're the only cap. three million positive now. Gotcha. So that there's gonna, gonna be some restructuring, but we gotta have a little bit to sign rookies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, we, gotcha. we, won't, we won't go the down. The Niners there, the Niners are also after Jones. That's which. a perfect fit. That's to me. Well the good I mean, thing the good thing for me, who has a team that I like in the NFC is that the Niners are losing fucking everybody on defense outside of their outside of uh, they got what's Bosa coming back but and they got Warner at middle linebacker but their secondary is essentially gone so Niners are going to have some work to do and with Sala leaving although getting them healthy with that potent offense depending on who's playing quarterback I think Niners could be competitive I think they have too many holes and I don't think they're going to compete for that division this year I think with their the secondary, and they might come Jimmy, in last. They might. Okay. Um, well, now with that, I'm going to skip just a few here because of time. But interesting that you had this on here, Dak Prescott. What do you think is going to happen with him coming off that? I mean, that was a terrible injury to 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 watch last year. You know, do we think he's even going to be as productive? You know, coming off of that type of an injury as a mobile big quarterback that he is. Where do you think does he stay at does he stay in Dallas or does he go somewhere else? That this is, is so a tough. tough one day. <laughs> it is so tough, man, because there there's better quarterbacks than him in the league, but there's also more not as good quarterbacks in the league. Uh but what he wants right, right. is to be paid right beh- right under Mahomes. Um how do you, I don't think you can do that. How do you do that? But then again, you can't. You know you're gonna. It's the whole Jay Cutler thing. You you know you're going backwards if you don't pay him. But you're gonna destroy your team if that guy doesn't get better. And I think we're we've seen his ceiling, and it's not bad by any means. No, I mean, we should give him some credit. He's he is a he's probably a top twelve. He's a top he's, 10, 10 to twelve quarterback. I'd right? probably give him. I'd give him top ten. I mean, yeah. When right. when healthy. But how like, do you pay him like a top three quarterback? If well, he's, that's my well, thing. How do you pay him as a top three quarterback coming off of that injury the way that it was? That's that's the question. 
And I, think, I hate to say that you know we even have to talk about it that way because you should go based on performance, not not the injury. But coming back from that type of an injury, I mean, his bone practically came out of his skin at that point. Like it was ugly to watch. But how do you justify paying him? I mean, do you pay him because of everything he's done leading up to that point and just hope for the best in the years coming forward, or like what do you do? Where does he end up? I question. think the market is gonna he's gonna end up taking. Less than what he originally turned down. Um, Which sucks for him because he was healthy when they were trying to get that contract. Yeah, it's like this guy deserves to get paid more than anyone deserves to get paid. I mean, the guy was making like what? I mean, we'd take it, but like 500 grand a year being as successfully as he was for the first four years. Thing is, if you're the Cowboys, you're in an awful situation because you're going to have to pay a quarterback. You have too many weapons and your defense is too bad that you need a quarterback. So here's the deal. If you you either pay Dak or you see what it's going to... I mean, it would make sense to pay Dak because to get, you know, to get Watson or to get Wilson potentially... Where does Dallas also, draft? You're also giving up their capital. I'll tell you. Dallas is 10. Mm. Right after Denver, right before New York. So do you sign him for do you, do you franchise tag him do you sign him for a year and then and and give him guaranteed money for the season let him come back and see see how he does see how see how he performs and then sign him to a long term deal he, will he he won't pay? accept it yeah, he but, won't accept it I don't even think he'd pay under the franchise tag I think he's been very straightforward he wants paid um, I don't I think, blame him I don't blame I think him. I, I think he'd sit out especially after last year's injury if they franchise tag him. But if you're if, a team... If, so if I'm Dallas and I'm in the top 10, I would think about trading your number one and 22 away and trading up to get Wilson or Lance if you can. There's talent on that team and they need a quarterback or they're going to waste that talent. Speaking of, let's roll that into Corey's top picks for quarterback. Right. Because I think, right great, I think that's we a great. We need theme segue. music. We need theme music. Quarterbacks. Maybe not quite right. as dark as I made it, but yeah, something, okay. something exciting. All right, so Corey, you can edit that part however you want. <laughs> I'll do whatever I need to do. So I had the privilege. We all sounded pretty. <laughs> I uh, we were in we were in Tilly and Key, <clears throat> so I had the privilege of analyzing uh let's see give or take the top 14 quarterbacks in this upcoming draft um i'll name all the prospects real quick who i did but i'll give you my top five um i'll go through them a little bit and uh also mid-round and late-round sleeper so of course trevor lawrence is my number one uh there's no question real real brief without going through all the grades um He's as close to a perfect prospect at quarterback I've ever seen. Um, He's hands down the best quarterback prospect I've seen since Andrew Luck. And the one before Andrew Luck was Peyton Manning. So if you put that together, I mean, this kid's special. He's 6'6". He can run. He can throw. Um, You can put him in any any system. Um, He's competitive. He's a winner. what he's been in two national championship games, one one. I mean, the kid, it, he, he's he's it. He's the real deal. So I'm gonna move on from him. Uh, my number two is Zach Wilson out of BYU. <clears throat> um, six foot three, two ten. 
you know, de- good enough size, decent size. Um, the, the I'll give you the one negative that I've seen is uh, length of resume. Uh, his first two years, if you look at his numbers, they weren't fantastic. Um, I don't know if the offense just didn't throw very much or what, but he really blew up this year, and he is he is special. I would put him on Justin Herbert's level last year, and that's 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 a good quarterback. Um, he is the closest visually to Aaron Rodgers I've seen. He makes decisions so quickly in his release where the ball fires out of his hand and the confidence in the confidence man um his ceiling is Aaron Rodgers and his floor is Baker Mayfield so I'd rather much have Aaron Rodgers over Baker Mayfield but still that floor um is is that's pretty a, high that's a pretty, pretty solid, solid floor yeah. now is that first year Baker third year Baker what are we talking or second year Baker? last year Baker <laughs> Last year, Baker, I, mm-hmm. I think that kid's floor. I think that he, he, he's got it. Um, my number three is Trey Lance, um, North Dakota State. So he, he he has some very special tape. He played in 2019. He played one game last year. Um, I don't know if he – I don't think he sat out. I think his conference didn't didn't play the rest of the games. Uh, he's six foot four, two 226. Um, so he's fresh. Again – uh, the, he has a small resume. He doesn't have any bad resume. So it's not as long as Zach Wilson's. It's very short, but what he has, everything that he's done, um, man, he looks like Russell Wilson uh, to the T. And he actually might have better. I don't know if this is the same. I don't think any of us will know unless we're in the same room interviewing him. But skill-wise, he might be sharper than than Russell Wilson. He's got a bigger arm, and he's faster on 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 his feet. Um, yes, but those three quarterbacks are hands down the top three. Um, there's a big jump after that. Uh, those three guys are franchise quarterbacks. They're gonna they're gonna change their franchise. Um, I mean, there's a risk taking any player, but especially quarterback is so difficult because they're looked up to be a leader right out of college at what 21 years old. You know, so it's, but those three are are as close of a lock as as I've seen. Um, my four is uh, Trask, Kyle Trask out of Florida. There's there's a pretty big jump from Lance to Trask. Um, I foresee Trask going anywhere from the late first to the second round. Um, he's six foot five, two forty, big big boy. Um, he's got it between the ears, and you can tell that. Um, you can tell he's a competitor. That's uh, the cannon. He throws a good deep ball. He he doesn't have a cannon with the intermediate routes, those nice, sharp 15, 20-yard out routes. Um, but he does throw with you know uh, good anticipation like the top guys. Um, his mechanics are okay. Um, he, to me, he looks like a poor man's Andrew Luck. Actually, on on my NFL comp, I put Andrew Luck light. <laughs> so, my comp on him is basically he'll never be Andrew Luck because he doesn't have the tools. Uh, but it might be here and here, Andrew Luck. I I don't think the arm the arm doesn't follow up. But whenever he sneaks, he looks like Andrew Luck trying to run people over. Um, he could be a low end starter. 
um, or an elite backup, I think is what 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 he's looking to be. My floor for him is Mitchell Trubisky. Nobody wants Mitch Trubisky, but again, a floor for where he's going to get drafted compared to where Mitch Trubisky was drafted is is you know it's not it's not bad. Um, he's a smarter he's a smarter player than than Trubisky. And then my five, I'm going to have to talk about two players real quick. So they're only one point apart. Um, my five is Mac Jones, who from everything that I've seen and, and, and been told and read is that Mac Jones out of Alabama is going to get drafted ahead of Trask. I think it's pure resume. I mean, he what, they just won the national championship. But when I watch Mac Jones tape, there's two things that stand out. The only thing that he's better than Trask at is pure accuracy. But it's also hard not to be as accurate with that pocket he's had at Alabama in that offensive line talent and those receivers running ape shit all over the field wide open. Dude, got 10 yards, 10 yards away from the yeah. cornerback. He is one of the most <clears throat> difficult quarterbacks I've I have ever graded because he's not he's not a bad quarterback. You still have to get it done. Um, but nothing is jumping out to me that's, that says special. So I think he's, he's going to be a good backup quarterback. His ceiling is Daniel Jones, um, to put that in perspective. And then his floor is like a Mason Rudolph. Um, so (laughs) sorry, I got my own opinion about Rudolph. Right, right, right. (laughs) Um, so take that, especially how how he grips a fucking football. Take that how you will. Um, real quick. So those are my top five. Real quick, I gotta mention. Well, my sleeper. From what I've read, uh, he's a round five to seven guy. Um, but there's a kid one point. I graded him one point behind Mac Jones, Tanner Morgan out of Minnesota. So he's six foot two, two fifteen. Um, man, the system he played in maybe helped the way I viewed him, but mechanics were great. His footwork outside of Lawrence and Wilson might be the best in the draft. His footwork might be better than Wilson's actually at this point. Um, His footwork was very Drew Brees-like and his decision-making was so quick. Boom, drop back, few steps, beautiful footwork, balls out. Doesn't have a big arm, not flashy. Not throwing deep balls down the field, but Minnesota, you know, not a ton of talent. I mean, you know, Tyler Johnson came out last year, and then you got a kid this year coming out that's that's pretty good. But I think he's helped these kids. Um, so I'm not saying he's going to be a starter, um, but for a kid that's going to be drafted in rounds five through seven, there's something – I mean – I would take him over Mac Jones, in my opinion. I I saw more on tape. I know I graded him a point lower. Um, I just had a hard time grading him higher, um, just because of competition and and you know not throwing the ball deep and things like that. But man, there's something Brady Brady like about him. Uh, you know, it's funny you just mentioned that because I'm thinking to myself and have been leading up to this cast like. Who are the Patriots really going to be looking at? And so you're saying this guy's a late, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round pick, Tanner Morgan. I mean, it plays into, and you just said Brady-esque, if if you will. We're not saying he is, obviously. That's a that's a big There's shoot. There's something though, but, there. But the Patriots I, love picking, you know, 
late round guys that just exceed. And I was looking at, you know, where they draft and are they going to go for a quarterback and how are they going to fill the shoes that they need to fill with at the quarterback position? Do they try to go for a first round draft pick and see how that works out? Or do they try to go late round, you know, like and try to be, you know, find a success like Brady in some fashion. So it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, that's why I figured I'd throw out that, that <laughs> kind of perspective there. Ben, so, do you have any quick sort of take? Or, or, Corey, you still have something to say, but then Ben, and then we can move on to wide receivers. I was just going to wrap up and say um, my last thought is uh, I saw a list today. I think it was by Chris Sims who had Kellen Mond yes. as their number four, four quarterback. I don't know what he's watching, but I graded him the worst out of any of those quarterbacks. He is terrible. Well, so um, I saw that same sort of he's, article, post, whatever, but the last four or five years, it looked like he was pretty dead on the money when it came to quarterbacks picked in the draft, you know, first. So he's smoking I, I, drugs. He's he, he he didn't have Lawrence uh, one. He had he had Zach Wilson one, Lawrence uh I and again, Zach Wilson's gonna be a good quarterback. Um but uh, he had like Lance six, Fields five, Mon four, and Mac Jones three. I mean, he's, it's been a COVID year, so maybe he's just he's, been off his game. Who knows? He, he probably had COVID. So <laughs> those are my thoughts. Okay, um, I like so. I so Corey, um, <clears throat> speaking of Fields, he wasn't in your top five. No, no. Um, you know, I was talking to somebody today. Um, he was another one, a tough one to grade. Um, quarterback, quarterback, and wide receivers. And me and Ben have talked about this before. Um, I've been, I've been doing this not in this capacity, but in my own time for fun. You know, in the off season, I just have fell in love with the draft. I would say the last five years at least, and um, I've done really well with quarterbacks and wide receivers. So there's something I recognize. Um, obviously, I don't get paid to do it. Um, there's receivers I will absolutely admit that I'm terrible at, uh, or positions that I'm terrible at, but quarterbacks and wide receivers I've, I've done very well with and fields. When I watch him, what I look for coming out of college and going to the NFL, not going through your progressions and reading a defense and then being thrown in rookie quarterback to start right away, which is normally what they do and expect to go through reads at that level, at that speed, is failure. Um, Reeds locks onto his first read, or uh, Fields locks onto his first read, and if that guy's not open, he runs. I don't like that. That is a recipe for failure, but I tell you what I do like. Let's just say this. I hope it doesn't happen, but uh, if he's there at Pittsburgh at 24, and they go all in... And we do have a new offensive coordinator, and he kind of f- would fit that system. Um, his his ceiling is is Cam Newton. He throws a beautiful ball, and if he's protected, accurate as hell. And that kid can run and run you over. I just worry about this. I really worry about that. Um, so interesting, interesting prospect though. Um, I don't. I don't love him because of that, and it's usually a pretty good indicator of how quarterbacks translate to NFL in my perspective from what I've watched and how I've I've rated quarterbacks. But he's tough. 
his skill set is tough to pass on in the late first. That's all I'll say. Kind of like, kind of like the same thing that happened. To Lamar Jackson in Baltimore went all in on the on the kid. Yeah, I mean, to me, I'll I'll segue and go right into my wide receivers. But to me, he reminds me of Jalen Hurts, but he throws better, but doesn't run quite as fast. That's and I think Jalen Hurts. There's a lot of question marks, especially between the years. I worry about these big school powerhouse programs, unless you get someone like a Trevor Lawrence who is in a pro-style offense. But to me, I don't touch Mac Jones, and I don't touch Justin Fields because I have not seen a good Alabama quarterback going to the NFL. You or know, Ohio State. Tua's, we don't know yet, but I'll tell you what. They are so talented everywhere else that it, I've not seen an Alabama quarterback be great since Bart Starr. I mean, that's like, that's no, no, and that's absolutely true. I mean, Tua has the opportunity to prove us wrong. If anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Tua. Um, but uh, Ohio State, when's the last time a great Ohio State quarterbacks uh, come out? Boomer Sison didn't Boomer Sison play for Ohio State? I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Those programs just unfortunately don't turn out quarterbacks because of system, but uh, Ben, you're. All yep. right, well, let ben, me take the let's, – let uh, take... Let's go ahead into the uh, wide receivers coverage. Let's get your uh, your top five picks and mid-round, uh, mid to late-round sleepers. Um, take it from here, man. This is all you. So I'm going to tell you that this year's receivers, receiver class, not quite as deep as last year, but it's deep. It really depends what you're looking for, but you're going to get a lot of really good uh, – Somebody that can catch. <laughs> You're going to get a lot of really, really I good mean, mid and late round receivers this year. <laughs> so I'm seeing all these draft experts are putting Jalen Waddle at one recently. Um, the only reason I don't have him at one is because his skill set is so specific. So I'm going to go with what I got. I got Jamar Chase at one. Um, Jamar Chase is reminds me of Steve Smith. Uh, he's physical, great deep ball receiver, great in contested catches. I mean, he does every – picture this. Justin Jefferson was the second-best receiver on that team. Chase was a sophomore, um, and Chase was by far better than Justin Jefferson at LSU that year. So with what we saw out of Justin Jefferson in the NFL, I mean, the only reason Jamar Chase isn't far and away number one is because people wonder, okay, what would what would he have done without Joe Burrow – because he decided to opt out for the 2020 season. Fair. Um, But what I saw is I saw probably the most sure thing out of the wide receiver prospects. Jamar Chase is going to be good. He's going to be a number one. Um, Great hands. I mean, he's just... The only thing with him is he gets a little lazy on run plays. I think with better coaching in the NFL, he'll he'll shape up quickly. I don't know how he is between the ears. (laughs) So... So, you know, there's always some risk there, but that's where that's where I'd go with uh, the top receiver pick if I was looking for one. Uh, number two, I have Devontae Smith, um, the smoothest route runner and separator I've ever seen in college football. Um, thing about him is he's 170 pounds, so there's some risk there. What's it going to be like against these big-bodied corners in the NFL? Um, so... You know, there's risk, but I'm sorry. If you just watch his tape, he is so smooth and fast all in one. He doesn't have to 
And he runs such a good route tree at Alabama too, which I think projects a lot of these receivers later on or niche guys or didn't really have to run a full tree. So if you want to – I mean, the top three guys are are slam dunks in my opinion. Devontae Smith and then Jalen Waddell. Uh, Jalen Waddell, his upside – or his floor is Henry Ruggs' upside. So put that in perspective. Um, Jalen Waddell is his quickness, agility – um, speed and acceleration, I had all rated at 10. I mean, it's insane. Yeah, a lot of people don't remember because at the beginning of the year, let's at the beginning of this football season, Jalen Waddell was the best receiver on Alabama. He was the one with the numbers, but then he got hurt. Devontae Smith ended up a Heisman winner. Um, and then obviously in the national championship game, Jalen Waddell was hobbled. Um, so, you know, you take that with a grain of salt. But uh, Jalen Waddell is... He is your closest thing to Tyreek Hill I've seen since Tyreek Hill. So if you're taking Jalen Waddell, he is a you're going to use him like Tyreek Hill. You're going to get him in open space. You're going to let him run, and you're going to throw to spots. Uh, that's what he does. But he's also a really good route runner. Um, so he's he could end up being the best receiver in this draft. Um, number four, I have. It's funny, I had Chris Olave, but then he decided to go back to school for some crazy reason. Um, Kadarius Tony out of Florida. Um, this guy is absolutely electric. Um, he'll be a slot receiver at the next level, but his yards after catch, his shiftiness, um, it, truly, truly incredible. Um, number five, I have Rashad Bateman. Um, Rashad Bateman is... A better version of Tyler Johnson. Um, yeah, he's out of Minnesota, guy, right? Yeah, he yeah. he was better than Tyler Johnson in college um, when they were on the same team. Rashad Bateman is a good route runner. He's great at the sideline. Phenomenal hands. Um, he's got a little bit of speed, but he's. I think he really projects more as like a possession receiver. But he does have a little bit of get up. Um, and he's also great in contested um, catch situations because he's so strong, and his hands are so strong. Um, I will tell you who I didn't have in the top five quickly is Terrace Marshall Jr. out of LSU. I see a lot of people having him go in the first round. He scares me. Um, he's a guy who has incredible upside. Um, he's good at everything, but he's not great at any one thing, in my opinion. And the one thing I saw when I watched his tape is he drops a lot of footballs. So I'm looking at the draft network, seeing these guys say, oh, this guy has great hands. Well, I don't know what, what the fuck you were watching. Because if I'm if, if my team's drafting in the first round, I'm not going to take someone who has drop issues in college. NFL is a whole new ballgame. Um, I'll jump to mid-round. I'm going to skip over a couple of these guys and focus on the guys I really like in the middle rounds. Now, when I say middle rounds... I see these guys as like round three, round four. And that's uh, Seth Williams out of Auburn, Amari Rogers out of Clemson, and Nico Collins out of Michigan. So let me quickly touch touch on these guys. Um, Seth Williams never had a good quarterback. Um, you know, that kid that went to New England was garbage in my opinion. But Seth Williams doesn't drop anything. He is a red zone nightmare Big body receiver. He's 6'3", 211. He's got the NFL body. He's got a little bit of speed. Catches with his hands. Um, he's someone I would love for the Packers to target. There it is again. Fuck. Um, he is someone I would love for the Packers if he fell, let's say, into like round four. 
Um, as far as round three, Amari Rogers out of Clemson, 5'10", 210. Um, this guy is a better version of... Okay, young Randall Cobb was faster. Okay, Cobb was faster than Rogers, But this guy has meat on the bones, and he could play slot. You could even play him outside. Um, great after the catch, good blocker, just a well-built, well-balanced, kind of shifty-type receiver. Um, also, Amari Rogers really kind of stole the show at the Senior Bowl, which um, is a good sign. Cause, you know, you want to see him against all these great players. I mean, he, he really stood out. And then my biggest sleeper is Nico Collins out of Michigan. This guy opted out of 2020. Um, he is 6'4", 215. So you're wow. thinking, okay, he's like big guy. Um, he is fast, um, phenomenal hands, great with the deep ball, and again, really never had a good receiver. Um, good quarterback. <clears throat> I'm sorry, good quarterback. Yeah, sorry, my screen went blank. I just I was looking at my notes on him. Um, yeah, he's great. Contested catch is really where he excels. You know, in my notes I said extremely underrated. A lot of these guys who opted out of the 2020 season, they did it because they knew how good they were. They have that confidence. Uh, this guy just has the NFL body, the NFL speed, but he also is able to run routes. So he's not, you know, he's not your Valdez Scantling. He's not your Gandy Golden from last year. He's actually, he plays. When you watch him play, he looks more like a Devontae Adams. I mean, obviously doesn't. Not like Devontae Adams, but size-wise, he looks like an athlete. He, he looks like he's maybe 6'1", 6'2", 200 pounds, especially with his speed. And then you look at his measurables, you're like, oh, my God. Uh, so I really think Nico Collins is going to end up being a really good NFL receiver. And then I'm going to finish off with uh, three super quick late-round guys. Um, Tim Jones out of SMU. I was uh, telling Corey, Quez Watkins is who, who I was – trying to think of the other day. Um, he doesn't necessarily remind me of Quez Watkins, but he's as productive as Quez Watkins. Um, he has great hands, runs great routes, but he's from a small school. So he's going to probably drop into five, six, seven. Michael undrafted, but he's a guy I would look at. Um, Jalen Darden is one of my favorite, favorite receivers in this draft. He's out of North Texas. Um, He's your day one re- returner. Um, I tell the guys in the Packer group all the time, it's like, you want Tyler Irvin times two? Get Jalen Darden. He may end up being a stud slot receiver in the NFL. You don't know. He's a kid out of North Texas. But he broke all the records, and he is electric. Um, him and Marquez Stevenson, complete same mold um, out of Houston. Those two guys are probably going to run your two fastest 40s. Um and if you want someone who could play slot, could be a returner, maybe even you just want someone who's fast and and you put him as a gunner on special team, I don't know. But these are guys that are so athletic and so fast, you want them on your team. Um, so, I mean, I could go into – I ended up doing about 30 different receivers. I could go into more. <laughs> but we're, we're running out of time. So but I'm going to hit you with some, some – uh, some quick questions. You answered my first one on Waddle. Um, that's what I saw. I didn't 
by no means did I go into receivers. I just know what I saw through the year. Um, and then I watched a little bit of receivers, just here and there of a couple guys. And just from watching Mac Jones tape, um, what I noticed with Waddle was I think you're right that his floor is rugs, which is ridiculous. Um, and he looks like the closest thing to Hill coming out. Um, but any, w- w- even if you get Ruggs' floor, he's still worth a first-round pick. Um, Smith, you hit the nail on the head. There's there's things that I don't love about him. Mainly, he's 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 thin. I don't know if he's a student of the game, but you want to talk about physical freak that r- runs like an absolute gazelle. I've never seen anybody in my entire life in college that wide open. It's it yeah, is I mean, he won the Heisman for a reason. I, it's ridiculous, dude. I mean, I've never seen anybody that wide open, and I don't know how he does it because he's not the most precise route runner. He's not the fastest guy I've ever seen. I mean, he's blazing. He's very fast, but there's been faster. There's been better route runners. There's something there. There's an it factor. That you just can't explain. you can't teach. Yeah, it's yeah. special. He has um, God given God given talent when it comes yeah. to creating like separation. a Randy Moss kind of thing. There's like yeah. a Randy oh. Moss thing going on. Yeah, That's the thing with Devontae Smith, that. if if he can keep his style and get up to 190, I mean that guy's an all pro. I I yeah. do worry. <laughs> is he going to be a guy who comes into the league and gets Injuries. injured? Yeah. Gets injured and you right. never really see what he can do. I think there's risk, and that's why I think Waddle and Chase will go ahead of him. Well, at least it's easier to gain weight than lose weight. But um, my question is, uh, Chase is he the number one last year? If 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 you put him in last year's class, is he the the easily the number one? Um, there was there was Lamb, there was Judy, and those two were great. But would you say Chase would have been drafted ahead of those two? Yes. Uh, what about Smith? I don't know about I would, Lamb. I probably, um, you know, I think Judy was slightly overdrafted. I think just like I do too. we said about Alabama quarterbacks, I think the receivers yeah. with how good the coaching is. I mean, Judy is a really good receiver, but um, Smith would be behind Lamb. If they were in the draft this year, uh, if it was me, I'd go Chase, Lamb, um, Smith. But I think that has more to do yeah. with the question marks. Right. Now, if, if Devontae Smith was a little heavier, um, and I hate to do that. I mean, the guy's got game. Like you said, God-given talent. But I'm sorry, 6'1", 170? Moss this was is a, the NFL. Was, Moss was <laughs> like, a two-pick two. Moss was a two-pick two, but he was also six foot. Yeah, six foot yeah he was like 6'4". And he so, could jump, and his reach was freaking incredible. But Don't even get me started around they're, Moss. They're different it factors. They're different it factors, but there's an it factor with Devontae Smith, man, if I've ever seen one. Um, I like it. Two things before we move on real quick. Um, Amari Rogers, that is my my mid-round guy too. My prediction is you're going to have to take him in because of his senior bowl and because of his dad was an NFL quarterback, uh, T. Martin, drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's a connection there. Uh Slot receiver that can replace Juju Smith-Schuster for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think if a team like Pittsburgh wants him, they're going to have to take him in the late second round. Am I right, Ben? After the Senior Bowl, the kind of smarts this kid has, he that's that comp that you gave me of Randall Cobb is perfect. I think he's a more physical Randall Cobb. I think he's 
willing to take more of those inside routes, and he can bang some people around, man. He likes to he likes to to to, to push people and, and hit. I could um, see him going in round two. Um, late, I really late two. late two. Yeah, I think Nico Collins. I think you're probably going to see jumping around two as well. Um, Amari Rogers is he has the he is a guy who you know can come in and contribute. I think that's what you look for in the early rounds. Um, but I, I agree think you with can. You. Right. I yeah, I do can. too. I I, um, I mean, five ten, two ten. You have to with. I mean, the, that in a perfect world, in a perfect world, you draft him in the third. But he's a guy that you know teams are going to fall in love with, and if you want him, you have to take him in the end of the, end of the second round. Um, one, I got one more question, then we'll move on to my running back grades. Uh, Schwartz out of Auburn. Did you have a chance to look at him? Because there's some buzz that uh, Pittsburgh um, has a very high interest as a slot guy. Um, Anthony to, Anthony Schwartz. He's supposed to be a burner. Yeah, I haven't really looked into him much, but I wanted to see um, if you had the opportunity to. I um, did not grade him, but I did notice him on tape. Um, if I'm Pittsburgh, it depends where I'm drafting. Um, because I think... Now, granted, I haven't watched him, so it's not really fair to say. But, um, you know, with Schwartz, you're probably looking at a, a five, six, seven guy who could contribute in the slot. I think there's a fine. lot of I think there's plus, a lot of better slot receivers. Yeah, I think there's a lot better um, slot receivers, whether it be St. Brown, Daz Newsom, uh, Tutu Atwell, some of those guys. I think go ahead okay. of Schwartz for sure. Okay. All right. Well, and with that, Corey, I know you just alluded into the running backs. I don't know if you got the little update that I sent into our little group here, uh, but we are running out of time. And so unless we can – unless because I, I feel like each segment we need to give its, uh, you know, just do with. We've, we've been talking about all these different players. You know, do you guys want to continue or do you want to kick the running backs and quarterback segment to next week? Or at least cover the running backs, knock that out, and then we go into defense next week. What do you? Th- what are your thoughts, guys? I think we can wrap both these up in fifteen. Does that does that sound like a plan, Ben? T- total wrap up. Yes. Yep. All right. <laughs> total wrap up. I can be quick. Right. I, I really. But do well, corners. Corners are fresh on my mind, man. I, I all right. I really want all right. To talk about all right. It. I'm just making sure. All right. Let's let's roll all it right. on into the running backs. Who's grounded and pounded? Who's bringing right. that run game? This, this might shock some people. Um, my number one running back is Javante Williams. I was gonna say, do you want a drum roll on that? Because I could have done that for you, but uh... Javante Williams, running back out of North Carolina. Um, I graded him one point ahead of Harris. Um, he is five foot ten, two twenty. Uh, he's two twenty. He he carries his weight very well. Um, I mean, just across the board, the guy has no weaknesses. Um, you know, his his vision, his physicality. Uh, he's not blazing fast, but he's fast enough. But he's very quick once he gets the ball in his gut. That was the difference between him and Harris, and that is it. The only difference between Harris and Javante Williams, which are the two pure three-down running backs in this draft, and the only reason I gave Williams one point over Harris is because quickness. Other than that, they're the same back. Um, pure three-down backs. They can catch. They can both block. I mean, the the awareness, the vision on both of them are, 
are great. Um, but man, Williams gets shot out of a cannon a little bit once he gets the ball in his hand, and I love that. Um, Harris has the bell thing going on, but he also had an elite offensive line in Alabama. Is he going to have that in the NFL? We don't know. Um, but anyway, Williams is my one. My comp for him is Nick Chubb. Um, it's a pretty good running back, right? Yeah. Running backs are just very undervalued, and rightfully so, because look at – we we talked about this last podcast. Um, they're a luxury. It helps to have a good running back, but it is not a necessity to win a Super Bowl, uh, like a quarterback, like an offensive line, like a pass rusher. Um, my number two, Najee Harris. Most people have him won. He's only one point behind Williams, and it's exactly what I said, is that the burst out of the hole, he takes his time more. But I like the burst, which Nick Chubb has. Um, Harris, I consider a Le'Veon Bell, Marshawn Lynch kind of hybrid. He's going to be a great back, man. The only concern I have about Harris, only concern, is he's had quite the tread on the tires at Alabama um, be, to become in the league, you know, with that many, that much mileage on him. Um, the nice thing about Javante Williams is he had Michael Carter, which I'll get into him later, um, split the carries with him at Carolina. So that's great. He's fresher. My number three, which I love this kid, and uh, the Steelers and the Packers both had uh, interviews with him um, on the phone, of course, recently, is Kylan Hill. Um, he's he's he could use a couple extra pounds, but he's not tiny by any means. He's five eleven, two ten out of Mississippi State. Um, I mean, speed, quickness. You know, they're they're he graded great. His blocking stood stood out to me on tape, especially when I watched him against LSU. He literally took guys out of the play. He actually pancaked one guy. Um, pass catching. There's he, there's a certain play that I remember. He almost one handed it. Um, you know he doesn't have the vision as the other two guys, uh, Harris and Williams. He's not as big of a back, but he's not tiny either. Like I said, um, so I graded him just slightly behind those two guys. Not very, very much. Somebody's going to get a great value in this kid, in probably the second or third round. Um. Is he going to be a stud three down back? I'm not. I'm not sure. Like the other two, I think are going to be. But if he can be in a system possibly that has another guy like a complimentary back, like a two headed monster, I think this kid can be special. Um, my four is um, this is actually really cool. Is Jarrett Patterson a Buffalo? This might surprise some people. Five nine because you don't like. Running backs that small, one ninety five. So he's being a third down back is going to be questionable, but there's something that jumped out on tape. I mean, he had stats for days. Um, I mean, he there was a game he had like eight touchdowns in this in in a single game, rushed for like four hundred yards. Um, yeah, but I have never seen a running back with the power that this kid runs with at 5'9", 195, literally was knocking over linemen and, 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 and linebackers. Never seen it. Um, 
So he's my number four. And then my number <laughs> five. So th- those guys are potentially the only three down backs uh, in the draft. Um, my number five is it's a tie between Michael Carter, the other back I mentioned out of North Carolina, just straight burner, man. I mean, you get the you get the ball in that kid's hand, he hits a hole hard enough, he's gone. Um, he can, he's got good bounce. size too, right? Um, nah, 5'8", 200. So he's a little thicker than Patterson, but he's an inch smaller. That's a great complimentary back, man. If you want somebody that can potentially just straight up hit a home run on any carry, that's your guy. He's not going to be the guy that, to get you three or four yards every carry. He's going to get stuck behind the line a lot. But if he hits that hole, man, he's he's special. Um, so he's tied with uh, Chubba Hubbard. That might surprise some people. I I initially graded him lower, but I went back and watched these guys again. So I really I really dialed in these running backs. Chubba Hubbard was actually very highly graded last year. This year um, he dropped a little bit. Not really sure why. Nothing jumps out on tape. Not super fast. Not super quick. Not the best pass catcher, but good. That's something that jumped out on all these guys on tape is they're all good pass catchers. Um, Not super elusive, but his physicality and his blocking, I both graded as a 10. Uh, You want to talk about, again, it's not the biggest ceiling, but a value in the third or fourth round. Uh, th- this is your next James Conner that hopefully can stay healthy. I mean, you're talking a guy gives 100% every play that's very smart and can block for days. He might be the best blocking running back I have ever seen come out of college, ever. So that's very valuable to have a guy like that in your backfield. Um, and then a sleeper, um, I don't really have one other than that Jarrett Patterson might surprise some people at four at, at a Buffalo, but I loved what I saw out of him. Great breakdown, Corey. I love it. Ben, what are your, what are your thoughts on that, on that list there? And I just got to say, I'm, I, as Corey's talking, I'm also watching highlights of everything that's going on and <laughs> Najee Harris, like I, I, I maybe never looked at it when I was watching some of those Alabama games, but Bella Marshawn combo. Dude, this guy's body is always moving downhill. Six foot two. He's he's a big guy. You like, need to watch Javante. You need to watch Javante Williams though, and tell me. I, tell I will. Me. Yeah, but still, Vi- visually not, speaking, Harris is like your god-crafted running back, dude. Like, correct. He's the uh, he's the he's the guy you want out there on third downs every time. Like but, just to draw the defense. Like, oh, is this going to be a run? Is this going to be a play, pass play? Like, I mean, this guy's got. He's, downhill motion all day he's gonna be very good but williams the only reason as i said is the initial burst when he gets the ball in his hand i i like it you like that because yeah harris has the patience thing but it doesn't always work you have to have a good offensive line that's true Um, so anyway i just had to say that because now i'm thinking about hmm whose rookie card should i go buy a stock (laughs) of who who am i getting autograph cards and who am i just getting a whole lot either are winners (laughs) Oh, I do that. That's that's my downfall in life is I go on eBay and just buy rookie cards. And, yeah, anyway. That's not a downfall, my friend. <laughs> well, some pan out. Some you're just like, why do I have 50 Jarvis Jones cards? <laughs> <laughs> that's a downfall. That's well, an issue. 
he put up a lot of numbers at Georgia. All right, Ben, quick thoughts on those running backs, and then uh, let's kick it over the quarterback co- or cornerback conversation, yeah, not quarterback. I team. think once we start doing mock drafts, we can get into some of the some of the other guys Corey didn't mention because there's definitely some other mid round guys that I'm a fan of. But, Herbert, Herbert but, out of uh, Virginia Tech. Um, Herbert and I really like Jamar Jefferson out of Oregon State. I really do. I love his size, and I think he's, you know, he well. We'll, we'll get into we'll get into him later because those he's could be someone... com- those those could be complimentary guys. Uh, the guys I mentioned I think could be contributors day one on a on a high level. There's th- this draft is fairly deep at running back. Yeah, and there's a lot of unique talents that fit there certain is. schemes. So you could see guys jump into round two and round three because they fit a a job uh, within a scheme. So I, I think it'll be it'll be fun to uh, see how the mock drafts unfold. But uh, corners, corners. Oh, r- real quick before we move on, did you notice I did not talk about uh, uh, ETN? Oh, um, I love him. He's he is he is the most one. Di- he's one of the most one dimensional backs in the draft. Yes, he's very good at what he does. There's a subtle Kumara thing about him, but he's not as good as Kumara. Um. Avoids contact. Not doesn't have good vision. Doesn't. Literally, the only thing he has is elusiveness. Um, He's a guy that needs to get drafted to the right team, or it's going to be a short career. Yes, he reminds know. me of the backup for New York. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, the New York right. Giants, the other Clemson kid, um, Gallman. Gallman. Yep. No, he's a little more electric than Gallman, but I think Gallman has other skills that Etn doesn't. So I'll be really I'll be really curious to see. ETN's more of a one cut and go. Yep. Um, good in space. But pretty pretty good there's hands. Better, there's better one cut and goes. I'd rather have Michael Carter in this draft. I'd rather have Jared Patterson. Give me Jared yes. Patterson over Travis ETN. Um, so anyway. All right. Well, corners. I know we're going short on short on time here. So I will definitely get into way more of these once we get into mock drafts. But uh, my number one actually uh, is number one by a decent amount of space, and that's Patrick Sertan out of Alabama. Um, the only thing he doesn't do extremely well is he doesn't have great speed, but he's a technician. Uh, NFL bloodline, um, when it comes to press coverage, tackling, you know, doesn't have great acceleration, but physical, great with uh, PBUs, and he is consistent. I think anytime, you know, I mean, he's twice the corner prospect that Akuda was. Um, he just, Sertan to me is is a slam dunk. My two, three, and four are all tied. Um, this might surprise some people. I got Caleb Farley, Asante Samuel Jr., and Elijah Molden. Um, as far as Caleb Farley, uh, crazy amount of swag, physical, athlete. He's not necessarily a technician at this point, but he's such a hyper athlete. I compare him to like uh, Byron Jones. He actually might end up a safety. He reminded me a lot of Minka Fitzpatrick as well. Just hyper athlete with great size. So I could see Farley transitioning to safety, but he's not necessarily a technician on the outside. So he may struggle. Um, But as long as you use him in the right way, I mean, I think he's an all pro safety. Um, But He's definitely worth the investment. His confidence, his swag, him and Elijah Molden, 
and actually Asante Samuel Jr. as well. These three guys are different than everyone else when it comes to confidence and in in just the swag that they carry. Like you watch them, you're like, that guy's going to succeed in the NFL. Um, but I'll move on. Asante Samuel Jr., if he was 6'2", 202, like Sertan, they'd be tied. And that's I, I truly believe that. he. I see some people have him you know, behind Newsom out of Northwestern and and uh, Kelvin Joseph and, and some of these other guys. I disagree. I don't know what you're watching. Asante Samuel Jr. is incredible. Um, he is a day one starter on the outside, and he will play a long time in the NFL. Great tackler, great ball skills, better than his father. Um, now my, yeah, uh, so I'm going to go to my number five first, and then I'm going to jump back to my number four right now, who's my favorite player in the entire draft, as Corey knows. My number five is uh, J.C. Horn out of South Carolina, 6'1", 205. This guy, I've listened to some of his interviews, work ethic. He's the son of Joe Horn, just so everybody knows. Um, his work ethic is is almost bar bar none. Um, this guy wants to be great so bad. He has a great foundation. I, I think he's a guy who who's going to come in very confident, might struggle in year one, year two, but he's going to emerge kind of like Trey White did in Buffalo. Um, he has the ability to emerge as like a top five corner in the league. That's the kind of work ethic he has, and he has all the tools to get there. So, um, uh, Ben, real quick, have you put him onto the Packers starting lineup yet? Because I just did for you. Um <laughs> I love J.C. Horn. The reality is, <laughs> the reality is that he's not going to fall to the Packers. Um, All right, so, so you've, quickly, already, you've already accepted reality, okay? Yes. <laughs> just um, my favorite player in this entire draft that I've watched so far is Elijah Molden. Um, 5'10", 190. I've never seen anyone look as much like Tyron Matthew in college as, as, as much as this guy does. He could end up a safety. He's going to end up a hybrid. He can blitz. He flies in the backfield. His acceleration and his swag, you know, and I when I say swag, this guy jaws, but he backs it up. I mean, he is he's laying out dudes. His you see quick quick slot receivers on crossing routes. He his acceleration, he is jumping in front of guys and damn near taking it to the house when you're talking about a one two throw. I mean, that is how how locked in this guy is. I I Absolutely love him. Now, he is a slot. The reason he is not in the top three is because he's a, he's a slot corner. Maybe ends up transitioning to safety. He'll never be an outside corner. You're probably not going to invest a first-round pick in a slot corner, but this guy's special. I see Buda Baker. I see Tyron Matthew. Anytime you get those kind of comps, sign me up. Uh, he's definitely worth the investment. Um, I really think those top five guys I just named are all um, – you know, fringe pro bowlers, if, if not all pros. Um, that's how good they are. Um, as far as the mid-round sleeper, uh, Paulson Adebo um, out of Stanford. Didn't play this year, but um, he is hyper-athletic, so talented. Um, I I don't understand. I see, I see him, like, some people have him graded from, like, 10 to 15. I'm like, I, I don't know what you're watching. Um, his pass breakup ability is off the charts. Um, great length. He also looks like he has it between the ears. He just doesn't get beat. They don't throw at him. 
so when I look at Paulson Adebo, I think the only reason he's number he's actually number six on my list, but I'm calling him a mid round sleeper just because I wanted to talk about him. Um, but uh, he is a guy that is going to be an absolute steal day one starter for somebody in the second round. He may even fall into the third round. Um, other than that, I, I would just say two kids out of Syracuse are two guys to watch. Great length, NFL builds. Um, Ifiatu Melifanwu, um, 6'3", 212, and Trill Williams, 6'2", 198. Um, you know, their competition wasn't as stiff. But these are two guys that I, I have graded above Greg Newsom, um, who a lot of people have going in the first round. So I think as far as the corner class, this is one of the best corner classes I've ever seen. I think there's a lot of guys who are slot corners. Um, so you're going to see a lot of these outside guys go first, like the Greg Newsoms of the world, but don't get it twisted. Uh, he's not as good as, as, as some of these other cats. So... Um, I'm going to get, just so the audience knows, when we get into mock draft season, I graded, I think, over 40 cornerbacks. Um, I, I love the position, and I, I have a lot of really good ones, really bad ones. I'm going to end on don't draft Ambry Thomas out of Michigan. I see, some, but I, see some, I see some people having him as high as round three, and again, you know, I'm not a scout. I don't get paid to be a scout, but oh my God, this guy's terrible. Like, he might. <laughs> He might he might make my special teams, you know, and that's only if I I know his father and get along with his family, uh, and that's it. So. so so he'll be in the CFL. Got it. Yeah. So that that's so. That's, that's that's some good info, my friend. Very very uh, I love very it detailed. So my two things, I guess. Um, where do I start? So Elijah Molden. Let's start with him because I did watch him after he told me I needed to. Um, love, yeah, love, 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 love. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be special that I think could start day one. And as I'm looking here, I I actually saw it earlier today, um, and I saved saved it not to tell you. Um, but guess guess who the Steelers and the Packers both interviewed virtually? Elijah Molden. God Uh-oh. damn right they did. Now we're talking. <laughs> guess who Pittsburgh now is we're probably guess who Pittsburgh is probably gonna lose? P- possibly both of their nickel corners. Is that Hilton? Mike Hilton, is Hilton or... and Sutton. Or... Hilton and Sutton. I hope they can retain one of them and preferably Sutton, because Sutton has outside experience as well. But man, Molden would be the perfect replacement day one. And if they decide they don't want to sign, and maybe maybe it's a you know different safety position than what he's naturally for. But let's say they don't pick up Edmonds' fifth year or don't give Edmonds a deal. You know, maybe he can play next to Minka. Um, Man, I mean, that would about, be that would be insane. That might Elijah be Molden safe, has duos. the spunk, swag, and ability of like a Troy Polamalu. Seriously, he's just not as. He's not as built physically, and Troy Polamalu well, just had something that that God gave him that other people don't have. But Elijah Molden, dude, I'm telling you, that's that's special. a good comp. That's a good comp. He's he is not going to be Polamalu, but uh, whenever the Honey Badger came out, I was like, that guy looks the most like Polamalu that I've seen. Um, this guy looks like the most like Honey Badger that I've seen. So you're right about that. Um. Yeah, there's something there. There's something there. Um, and then uh, my second question was, 
Sertain. So you had very high things to say about him. Um, I watched Alabama games live this year, I think four games, and I watched Mac Jones tape. I mean, it was a lot of offense, but still um, saw some defense. I don't know if I saw a ball go at Sertain all year. Um, and you mentioned that he's not the fastest, he's not the quickest, but you know who wasn't was Revis, but you talk about a technician that was oh, completely yeah. locked down. Are we talking about a similar player, just just technically better than the guy across from him? Yes, yes. He He's not Revis, but he's Stefan Gilmore. So... Well, it's pretty especially good. yeah. Um, Sir Sertain will be a pro bowler as a rookie. Um, I I think a lot of these other guys we don't know what they have between the ears. The thing is, look at this corner class: Horn, Samuel, and Sertain all had NFL fathers. <laughs> How silly I mean, is that? And that's just an added bonus because you know they have the bloodline. You know they have the work ethic because you know what it takes to be in the NFL. So if right. I'm a team looking at those guys, yeah, to me, all right. I, 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 I have one more question. So other than Molden, because we both like Molden, and again, I think he's one of those prospects that if you love him enough, you're probably going to have to take him in the late two, late second. Um, I think he could end up round one. I'm telling you right now. Maybe. I could see him sneaking. I, I, he's good enough. He, he's good enough. Um, but uh, we're, let's say potential year two starter. Not high hopes year one, but a, a year two starter. Do you think – you think Paulson Adobo would be a great third-round pick for let an example team like the Steelers, where Hayden's going to start this year, but he's probably going to be gone next year. A true um, outside corner. Yes. Yeah, Tyson Campbell um, is a guy I love outside. Um, I think he's better than Stokes, his running mate at Georgia. Um, but Adebo, if he falls into round three, it's. I truly believe it's like taking a first-round pick on a corner. I think he's being slept on more than any other player um, just with his tools. And it he's a lot like Sertain in the fact that they didn't throw at him. So he after his sophomore year, it might have been his freshman year, Adebo was like everyone's like best corner in the college. And then the next couple years, I'm sorry, his sophomore year, nobody threw at him. So people started to not talk about him a little bit. I, And then 2020 happened. Yeah, I mean, if I'm the Steelers, I'm looking for somebody who can be a starter in year two, potentially give good good minutes in year one. I'm looking at Debo. I'm looking at Tyson Campbell. If you want to find a slot corner, um, Sean Wade out of Ohio State, I personally think is an awful outside corner, but he has incredible acceleration and quickness. I think Sean Wade is actually going to be a really good slot corner in the NFL. Um, that's okay. We're just going to draft Molden though. So it's going to be, yeah, good. no, we're, we're going to take him. It's fine. No. Yeah. Um, Carrie Vincent out of LSU is another, <laughs> another <laughs> slot corner that I really like. I love it. I love it. What a great way to end the show. Ladies and gentlemen, between, uh, Corey and Ben with the love and passion of Molden. I love it. I absolutely love it. He's um, my boyfriend. So uh-uh. Ben, you can have JC and, uh, you know, we'll take Molden. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering considering we need an outside corner to start right away, I'll take JC if, if you're going to give him to me. All right. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the uh, a fantastic show. A little bit longer than we anticipated, We we but we wanted to make sure that we gave our just dues to all the hard work that Ben and uh, Corey have been putting together for the last, what, 
two, three weeks, I would I want to say. There's been a lot going on. Um, so what you'll have to do is tune in next week as we cover uh, different positions. We're not going to let you know which ones those are, but there will be some other positions that we're going to cover in the coming weeks. So stay tuned for more. With that being said, Ben, where can the good kids find you? I got a Green Bay Packers specific group on Facebook um, called Green and Gold Lifers. Um, I also have the same um, the same title. Why why am I drawing a blank? What the hell do you call it? Sorry, I've had a couple. I've had a couple cum shot porters here. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Cumstock. Um, isn't uh, it, it? Wait, isn't your name uh, Jen Beglum on Instagram? <laughs> No, no, it's not. I don't. I don't know who that is. Um, but green and gold lifers on Instagram. Um, I'm just kind of getting rolling. But I'll have all 32 teams, all draft prospects, draft coverage, leading up to the draft. So check it out. <laughs> and <laughs> thank you, Ben. <laughs> Gotta love Ben and Corey. Where can the good kids find you? Uh, well, we as well have a. Steelers Facebook group. Um, the name of it's not ringing a bell at the moment, but uh, a little help from my friend over Black here. Black and might gold. Be able to... Something like that. Yeah. Um, something like we that. We are terrible at what we do. Yeah. <laughs> and I just throw that yeah. out there. <laughs> well, the, the social media thing, I think Ryan needs to bring this all together and we need to have some kind of central social media, which we're going to happen. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to make it happen. But anyway. Yeah, we need um, a fantasy brew. We're going we're gonna to dial this in as I, for you folks. Well, I, as I say every week, um, new songs going to be coming out here in a couple weeks um, from uh, Sync. Um, so be on the lookout for that on Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, all, all the good places, and uh, Knucklehead Recording Studios on Instagram. I so, love it. I let love me it. mix your music, yo. Absolutely, guys. Corey's one of the best in the in the biz. So hit him up. Uh, that being said, guys, thank you again for listening to this uh, podcast, the, the Fantasy Brews podcast, if you, if you will. We have had a couple of beverages, as you could probably tell by the sound of my voice, but that's okay because it's that's what life is about exactly. And because we're under the umbrella of the Craftology Radio Network, if you guys have not been listening, that's what we also cover, craft beers. So It's that's a crime what, if we weren't drinking beer. It would be a crime. That's right. It's part of our agreement. As a matter of fact, with the Craftology Radio Network. But you can also find us on the Craft Brews and Geek News Facebook page. You can find me at rye underscore guy, underscore guy 813 on Instagram. Uh, hit us up with some questions, too. If there's something that you think that we might want to cover during this uh, lead-up to the NFL draft, you know, Hit us up with some questions, and uh, we'll we'll do our best to respond, answer them, and maybe even ask some of them live on the podcast. You never know. But with that being said, thank you for listening. And as we say at the end of every, every show, Ben. Pretty bird. Pretty bird. <laughs> <laughs> Polly want a cracker? All right. You sold my dead bird to a blind kid? I was expecting I'm on a boat, motherfucker. I'm on a boat. I mean, I oh, was no. expecting Every week something to do with that beer you're drinking, but either okay. way. <laughs> what is that called? Cum shout IPA? <laughs> cum shout. Yeah, cum, cum shots. Oh, actually, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. <laughs> We're going to leave it alone. Cumstock, is- <laughs> Cumstock Michigan. Cumstock, this- Michigan. Bell's Porter. <laughs> Drink it. Come, Donnie, stock, up, come the- stock up some beer and come stock Michigan. There we go. Michigan. 
there. Donnie, I, if you're listening, I, I should sorry. really be fired. You, somebody get this guy out of here. <laughs> All right, we'll ladies and gentlemen, we're out of here. Good night. This podcast is part of the Craftology Radio Network. Listen, we get the Craft Brews and Geek News show is way better than it ought to be. If you'd like to learn more about other shows that we have on our network, please subscribe to the Craft Brews and Geek News podcast. Visit craftologyradio.com to learn more.